Tune in to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and special VIP co-hosts for an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion with some of the top stars in Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and special VIP co-hosts. Join in on a great conversation today with one of the world's great influencers as they showcase the latest tricks and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso and his co-host. And welcome to The Spotlight. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. And joining me today as my co-host is the wealthy bag lady, Linda Hollander. Hello, Linda. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm wonderful. And I want to thank you so much for joining us on The Spotlight. It's such a pleasure to have you with us today. Very cool. I'm really excited for this show. It's going to be great. It's great. With uh, who we have on, it's super great. And for our audience... You're listening to The Spotlight, where we focus on highlighting Hollywood stars, sports greats, business experts, and game changers. If you're a fit, we want your interview on The Spotlight. We broadcast every Friday at 1 p.m., so please set your calendar to hear from the world's elite. Today, we set the stage for The Spotlight with legendary radio personality, Michael Benner. Welcome to The Spotlight, Michael. Hey, Tony. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, so great to have you join us, Michael. Thank you so much. And, you know, I usually read out the guest bio before I introduce them, but I'm doing a little bit of a switcheroo here. I figure since you're here, Michael, how about could you please tell us how it all started for you? Tell us about some of your career and milestone accomplishments along the way, please. Well, let's see. Uh, The first uh, half of my career, I did radio. I was a broadcast journalist and talk show host and worked in uh, Detroit for a couple of years after graduating from Michigan State University and then came to Los Angeles a few decades ago and have lived out west ever since, love it in L.A., uh, I worked for ABC and CBS and a variety of other stations that would deny they even know me, but <laughs> uh, I, I just absolutely uh, loved the business. And then a um, couple of decades back, I saw the handwriting on the wall. Radio was changing. Uh, talk shows were becoming very politicized and very, uh, how shall I say, antagonistic and one-sided, and I didn't like it. Um, It was losing its uh, intellectual base, and it just wasn't any fun. Uh, There was no diversity and little respect for uh, a variety of opinions. So I knew I was going to have to find a, a second career, and at that point, Tony, I took what had been an avocation of mine, which is an interest in human potential. That's what we called it back then. Today, it's probably better known as personal development, uh, uh, professional development, executive coaching. And um, I I describe it as a uh, non-therapeutic, let's see, how can I say, an alternative to psychotherapy and an educational alternative 
do counseling. More, what I do is more educational than therapeutic. That's what I'm trying to say. Helping people with stress and anxiety, which I think at the root comes from not really understanding your individuality very well and leads to all kinds of problems personally, but also at work. And that's been the focus for the last couple of decades. And uh, I'm just about to release a book called Fearless Intelligence, and that'll be followed by a similar book called Fearless Intelligence at Work. And so, again, we're targeting executives and uh, business leaders and uh, taking the whole idea of personal and professional development into the workplace. Very cool stuff there, Michael. And for the audience, I'd like to also mention that you had a, let's see, you had a radio program that was the only radio program feature in L.A. Weekly's Best of 2000 issue. Which one was that, by the way? Well, uh, in the year 2000, I was at KPFK. Okay. Which was a, uh, a Pacific uh, radio station, uh, progressive in its orientation, sort of like uh, uh, NPR. It was nonprofit, listener supported, non commercial. And uh, I very much enjoyed it. I've, I've worked there for 14 years, I think. Wow. And also for our audience, I know you're a little humble there, Michael, so I'm just going to give you a little little blurb here that you've received formal accolades and awards from the United Nations Association, the California State Senate, the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors, the American Red Cross, the Live and Learn Center, the National Leukemia Broadcast Council, dot, 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 the list goes on and on. You are, you're a who's who. In fact, you're, you were in Marquis Who Who in the West, I believe, the 27th edition? Yeah, the Owl edition. Who Who Who. Thank you. That's all for being on the radio. It's a high-profile kind of a career. So, um, you know, I appreciate all the, those awards and accolades. But, uh, you know, I really like people, Tony. Uh, I love people, actually. I found them absolutely fascinating. Um, a quick little aside, not not to get uh, too far afield here. I just saw uh, a few days ago the new uh, Wonder Woman movie, and the basic theme. I don't think I'll uh, uh, break the uh, secret here, give away the uh, the storyline. Uh, it's a pretty simple theme, but very profound. And that's that while we're all tempted to divide the world into good people and bad people, it's very easy to do and have sort of a sports mentality about what team we root for. The truth is there's good and bad potential in every individual. And the human drama is one of individuals uh, working to better understand their two sides, what Carl Jung called the shadow side, as well as their, well, better angels, you know, the good side, the uh, 
you think of the archetype of the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other shoulder, and we all know those mental arguments. Go ahead and do it. You know, think about yourself. It doesn't matter. And, and you're tempted to do things that, you know, you're embarrassed to admit. And then you got the better side that says, hey, you know, think about other people and your impact. For, don't you, wouldn't you rather work for the greater good? And so we all have those struggles, but few people admit it and it's even more rare to hear anybody talk about it but that's what has always fascinated me about people and taking what i've dealt with internally and myself my own struggles about right and wrong good and bad where do i put my time what really matters in life? What is rewarding? What is fulfilling? What does make us happy? Who are we and why are we here? You know, those are answerable questions. They're not just rhetorical philosophies. There really are answers to who we are, why we're here, what we're for, what life's all about. They're not that complex and they're not that controversial. But it takes a little bit of effort, and we have to sort of turn away from the treadmill existence, the hamster cage of working every day, earning and spending, producing and consuming, and dedicate a little bit of time to that personal investigation. And, and again, that's that's the first thing I think about when I get up in the morning, and usually the last thing I ponder is I fall asleep at night. Wow, that's very deep. And, you know, I think with the push in society, it becomes harder and harder for someone to think about life in a more altruistic way and helping others because there's so much push to get rich, have more money, be obsessed, you know, greed is good. There's this and we just want money, 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 money. It just kind of tends to push any sort of humanity or other other life or spiritualism or being better to others. It just kind of pushes it up because that other mentality, the world is not enough. You know, so many people own so much. It's just not enough. They must have more, must have more. And I'd like to actually bring Linda in on this. I think we're taking a little turn and we'll digress for a few moments on this. I'd love to hear what you think about that, Linda. Um, well, I kind of uh, graduated and worked in the 80s and the 90s. That was the greed is good era. But I find that there's a big shift now with the millennials. I think they're a whole lot more cause oriented. And I absolutely love to hear that discussion among them is like, you know, most companies now have a social responsibility department. And when I prepare people to get corporate sponsors, we use that and I make everybody list a charitable partner, how is their business going to give back to society? So I want to hear Michael's thoughts on that. Cool. Well, that's definitely encouraging, and I've seen that also. And yet I think the path, not to contradict what you're saying in any way, but the path to being socially responsible is being personally responsible. And so before we can empathize, care about other people, give in order to receive. It's give and receive, not receive and give, right? But the path to doing that is through self-love. Now, the problem here is, well, what self do I love? The separative self, 
may misdefine success as simply money and, and goods and status and prestige, or the higher self. There is another self. Again, there's a light and a shadow side. So the higher self is not separative. It's more harmonious and unitive. It's the self that is willing to sacrifice that without thinking would run into a burning building to save a kitty or a dog, much less a person. Um, and this is the most frightening part of it. It's easy to give to another person, to hand five bucks to a homeless guy on the street. That's pretty easy to do. But to take a breath, close your eyes, relax, and explore your own emotional feelings and say, well, that person insulted me and it hurt, but why does it hurt? You know, Eleanor Roosevelt said, no one can make you feel bad without your permission. So what does it say about us that we're so able to be hurt or insulted, that we're so insecure, or maybe better said, just uncertain? It's not that we know we're bad or inadequate. It's so our minds are constantly criticizing us, saying we're not good enough. And we argue back. We've got that argument in the head. There's part of us that says, no, I am good, and I do deserve it, and I can succeed. And we're writing our affirmations and making declarations and setting goals. But anybody who's honest can't deny that there's another voice in there that is self-critical, even self-loathing. And that's got to be addressed. And the fear of facing that is the big problem, I think, between where we are and what Lund is talking about, the social responsibility. In emotional intelligence, there are two parts. Intrapersonal, which is basically self-awareness and self-management of your emotions. And the second part is interpersonal. That's the empathy and the social relationship and social management and personal responsibility and leadership. The order is critical. The intrapersonal has to precede the empathy, the leadership, and the caring. And that's the scary part for most people. Most people are terrified to know who they are, terrified that they'll find out that maybe their parents were right or the bully in the fourth grade had a point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So true. So true. And, you yeah. know, it's quite a deep subject. I think we could talk about this for a, lo a long time. And I have a feeling this may tie into what you're currently doing. And while I, uh, while I want to follow this line, before we get too far off on a tangent here, I did want to cover one or two points about your really awesome career, if I may. And then we can segue back to, back to this point, if that be all right. This is the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and the wealthy bag lady, Linda Hollander, as co-host. Just ahead, we continue the chat with legendary radio personality, Michael Benner, who tells us about his interview with Chuck Norris, and how they talked about guided imagery, which he learned from Bruce Lee. And later on, Michael gives his best advice for you. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Are you the right fit? 
We're looking for a few good sponsors that are the right fit for our world-class brand, The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Does your brand fit in with an audience that likes our interviews with Hollywood stars, sports greats, business experts, game changers, best-selling authors, world-renowned VIPs? If so, please apply and let's see how we can promote your brand to the best audience to help you grow. Email me, Tony at TonyDierso.com. That's Tony at TonyDierso.com. And let's see how we can help each other. Thank you for letting us contribute to your success. Is it true that a majority of new businesses fail? Check this out. In order to have a successful growing business, there are some vital points that you must know. You must have worked them out thoroughly. They must be synchronized with each other and all employees, consultants, and companies that you depend on must know these items and be in agreement with them if your new business is to meet with a high percentage of success. Get it free. The Vision Map. Beat the odds for business success at Tony. D-U-R-S-O dot com slash vision. Learn how to establish your vision, purpose, long-term objective, and master plan, including strategic and tactical planning. Get the vision map. Beat the odds for business success at Tony, D-U-R-S-O dot com slash vision. V-I-S-I-O-N. The Dream Business Community wants to help you with your career and business. Are you ready for accelerated success? Check it out. The Dream Business Community at TonyDurso.com slash community. You're listening to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now, back to the Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on the Spotlight with the wealthy bag lady, Linda Hollander, joining me as co-host. Today's show is with legendary radio personality, Michael Benner, who's just about to tell us his interview with Chuck Norris. And just ahead... Jim Sweeney gives us the TKO tip of the week. He's the creator of the trademarked Mike Cartoon Sports character. He delivers a really cool TKO tip for you later on, so make sure you hear that one. It's good. And now, back to the chat with Michael. I wanted to ask, because you've interviewed so many notables, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask about some of your more wonderful interviews, such as, I believe you once interviewed Chuck Norris. I'd love to hear that story. Well, in, you know, you do radio for 25, 30 years in a major market like um, Los Angeles and before that Detroit, you're going to interview a lot of famous people. Um, and yeah, Chuck Norris, that was one of the earliest interviews I did right out of school. That would have been 1972, I think. And we were both kids, and he just happened to be in Detroit promoting a kickboxing tournament. 
And I had him on the show, and neither of us had any idea, of course, that in the future he was going to be a big deal. But what I remember about that interview with Chuck Norris was talking to him about guided imagery and sports psychology, which was just beginning in the United States. It really came out of Eastern Europe. And the idea of visualizing in relaxed states your goals, your your desired outcomes. You know, in the 90s, a big deal was made about this book and the video, The Secret, about manifesting goals and mind mapping and treasure boarding and these kinds of things. But these are really... You know, ancient concepts and sports people were on to it a long, long time before it became part of pop psychology or new age, whatever. And so uh, he was he was really intrigued that I was asking him about it. And he said he had learned about it from Bruce Lee. And uh, I think it was shortly after that that Arnold Palmer talked about it. And there was a book that came out in 1973 called The Inner Game or Inner Tennis or some such thing. Tim Galloway, who was a student at Yale University, he was a golfer or a tennis player and also a uh, yoga student. And so he knew about visualization and guided imagery. And also its use in healing and pain control was just beginning to emerge at the time. So I've always been interested in that aspect of stress management and personal development. You know, Walt Disney once said, if you can dream it, you can do it. But those dreams need to be conscious and deliberate and backed up with certain element of faith or belief in order to work. There's a, a whole mind science and an emotional component to all of that. That's fascinating, Michael. I, I recall, of course, the, the secret. I've seen the movie or the documentary on it. And I've seen so many elite entrepreneurs talk about that aspect from some point of visualizing your future or looking at it or having it on a board and and there is some truth to that. I've done a couple shows on my revenue chat show, and we talked about that. There was a lady, Millen Livis, the prosperity goddess, and we talked about she had this million-dollar note, a fake note, and she'd put it on her bathroom mirror, and every day she looked at it, and she goes, I'm making that, or that's going to be mine. And within not too long period of time, she actually got into making a million dollars or more, and it actually worked. And we talk a lot about that in that show, because there is a lot of truth to that. If you can put it there in the real universe, the way I, I tell people, if you really put it there and see it, touch it, feel it, it becomes more and more real. So there's a lot of truth to that. But I think it's now a matter of how to really do it. I think that's where it is, is in terms of f how to finesse it so that you get it just right. Because some people don't seem to be able to do it while others do. I'd love any more tips on that as well. And Linda, if you know anything more, please feel free to jump in on that. Let me just add real quickly, briefly, that um, your little comment there at the end, why does it work for some people and not others? Um, many of them don't know why it seems to work better for me and not them or for them and not me. And what is that? 
I've made a study of this, and I'm one who, and this isn't carved in granite, but a bunch of us really strongly believe that when you write an affirmation or a goal or a declaration and reinforce it with faith, you have to know why you're doing it and for what benefit. And if the benefit is only for you, I want a fast car to impress other people. I want to live in a big mansion with 12 bedrooms, just me. You know, all alone. I want to, because I want to impress other people, because I want them to think that I really am good uh, or powerful or magnanimous. Or, or Those are all the wrong reasons, and it never seems to work for these people. And we don't have to look. I mean, any one of your listeners can ask themselves, who do you know? I'll put this challenge out to every one of your listeners. Ask yourself, who do you know who is rich and prosperous? Make a short little list of people that seem to have made it in terms of income or status or money, goods, property, whatever. And then ask yourself, are they really happy? And if rich people are not any happier... I mean, some are and some are not. Some poor people are happy and some are not. So maybe money and stuff doesn't have anything to do with it. Maybe it's just coincidental. And and if we can easily think of a whole bunch of very prosperous people who are never happy, well, we got to give up the idea that success is going to make you happy and my belief, strong belief, is that we've got it backwards, that not only will success not make you happy, but the reverse is much more to the point. Happiness, for no reason, happiness leads to success. Happiness is the way. Happiness is not a goal. Happiness is the means, the road, the path, the way to success and fulfillment. But you, you have to know why you want what you want. And it's got to be more than just for my own personal benefit or <laughs> these principles don't work. The uh, happiness, the way I see it, is it, it's what you're being. It's not something that you're doing. It's not something that you necessarily can touch, though that's a separate conversation. But it's a state of being, I, the way I look at it, being contented, being happy, being enthusiastic is a state of being. And if I can wax that and emulate that, then it brings back to me good things. It's sort of like vibrations or there's um, like a tuning fork, you know, it's the, it's the vibration going out that brings back like for like, kind for kind. So if you're happy, you get back things that make you happy. And I think that's where success comes in from one type of people. But also there's that other type, if, I guess if you, we want to call it a type, that just are only looking for money, only looking for fame, and there's no happiness necessarily in that. And I think the the not the tabloids, but the Hollywood press is full of stories of celebrities. They you, you think they've made it? We think they've made it. They're not happy. They 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 don't they don't find any more any love in what they're doing, even though they're you know have the millions and the big houses and all that. And I've run into that before myself. I was making. 
nearly mid six figures in the corporate world as a vice president of a company I helped form. And I, I just, I, I just really wanted to get out of there. I know that sounds so weird, but I just wanted to get out of there. And I actually, <laughs> that's when I became an entrepreneur. <laughs> that's another story. But I just wanted to say that just ties in because being happy, having that state then brings you towards what then is, I believe, the path to success. This is the spotlight with Tony D'Urso and the wealthy bag lady, Linda Hollander, as co-host. Just ahead, we're going to find out more about Michael, his motivation, what he's working on. Plus, he's going to give us his best advice for you. Really great. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Get the Revenue Chap mobile app for your Android or iPhone. It's free. Download from your cell phone or smart device at tonydurso.com slash mobile. Are you the right fit? We're looking for a few good sponsors that are the right fit for our world-class brand, the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Does your brand fit in with an audience that likes our interviews with Hollywood stars Sports greats, business experts, game changers, best-selling authors, world-renowned VIPs? If so, please apply and let's see how we can promote your brand to the best audience to help you grow. Email me, Tony at TonyDierso.com. That's Tony at TonyDierso.com. And let's see how we can help each other. Thank you for letting us contribute to your success. Hey, get in on the biggest thing in energy and earn additional income. Create financial freedom for decades to come. Learn more at TonyDierso.com slash P-O-W-U-R. That's TonyDierso.com slash P-O-W-U-R. Listening to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now, back to the Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on the Spotlight with Linda Hollander joining me as co-host. Today's show is with the legendary radio personality. Michael Benner. He's going to give us some inside info on his motivation, what he's working on, and some great advice in just a moment. And later on in this show, Jim Sweeney gives us a great TKO tip of the week. And now, back to the chat with Michael. Yeah, exactly. It's just like uh, in the 60s, the anti-war people realized that Peace was not a destination. There was a famous newspaper guy named Musty that said, I think it was A.J. Musty, uh, said, um, uh, there is no way to peace. Peace is the way. And happiness is the same thing. There's no way to be happy. Happiness is the way. That's the road. That's the path. And... uh, It's very important to, I mean, Abraham Lincoln said happiness is a choice. Um, We could say it's an attitude. It's a belief system. Some people say happiness is a verb. Um, I, I see it as a quality of love, but I don't mean emotional love. I mean 
a higher level of love as awareness. So I think ultimately happiness is a state of awareness, of higher consciousness that says you don't need, it's a realization that you don't need a reason to be happy. I mean, reasons are for logic. Happiness is a feeling. And feelings aren't logical. So how could you, how could you create happiness in any logical or reasonable way? It's simply a decision you make to anytime you encounter a negative, you replace it with a positive response. Anytime you encounter somebody that's mean and hostile and insulting, you don't respond in kind. You uplift the overall, you redeem the overall tenor of the conversation by saying something kind. You know, the waitress brings you bad food and he or she is in a bad mood. Say something nice to them. I mean, big deal, right? It's no big effort. It's no enormous sacrifice to respond to a negative with a positive. And um, I mean, this is this is part of the wisdom traditions and philosophy. And, and as you say, these are seeds. So if you plant happy seeds, you're going to harvest a happy crop. <laughs> Great it's, points. Great points there. Linda, your thoughts on this, please. Uh, one of my clients is Randy Turan, and she directed a movie called Project Happiness, and they interviewed Richard Gere and George Lucas of Star Wars and the Dalai Lama uh, because her daughter basically was at breakfast one day pushing around her cereal saying, Mom, I know I should be happy, but I, have, I absolutely have no idea how I could be happy. Her daughter was extremely depressed, and there was no reason for this child to be depressed, but she was. And that took Randy, the, the filmmaker, on this journey of making this film and really studying happiness. And to her, she tells me happiness is a skill set, because I know a lot of people who've had miserable childhoods were told that they were no good, were told that they were stupid and ugly and everything, and grew up happy because they learned how to be. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's another way I, I totally agree. I think uh, you could say it's a skill set to understand that you're in charge of, you're driving the bus. So uh, there's a saying in Buddhism about uh, not allowing other people to tromp through your mind with their dirty shoes. I'm not saying it exactly right, but why do we let people into our heads and into our hearts with their negativity? Only because we don't understand ourselves and lack the skills that Linda's talking about here. We can learn these skills. Again, this is what I'm doing and hundreds, thousands of other women and men are doing in this executive coaching, personal development, professional development field is an educational approach to what used to be limited to psychology and philosophy. These are trainable, learnable skills, portable, practical tools that we can teach. And you know, we may not be able to control what's done to us, but we can control our perception 
and a response. The sailor says, I can't control the wind, but I can trim my sails. And life is up to us. It's Life is a two-way street, and everybody knows the, the side that's coming at you. We all know how it feels to be victimized. But there's also perception and response, and that's where you can put your hands on the steering wheel and decide, and the pedals, <laughs> decide where you're going and how fast. So true. Good points. Great insight, Michael. Thank you so much. And you know, this may fall in line, this next part, with your upcoming book as well, Fearless Intelligence. But, you know, you've had such a great career. I, you are on top of the world. You really can do what you want to do. And I'd really like to know on the inside a little more, what's your motivation? Like, what gets you up every day? Where Where are you heading in life? <laughs> uh I'm afraid I'll sound flippant if I tell you. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> we we like a little flippant now. It's it's the flippant. It's the time of the show to be flippant. <laughs> I, I, I just don't appear to be a wise guy, a smart aleck, but I'm heading deeper and deeper into the present moment. Um, I, I find like every 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 instant, every minute that I spend regretting the past or anticipating the future, I'm missing reality. Because time is not a number line with zero in the middle and the past on the left and the future on the right. That's a horrible, um, inappropriate way of thinking of time. Time is a pinpoint. It's an instant with a pulse. And it has a rhythm but it doesn't have a past or a future. It just is now. And if we can live in the now, if we can learn to cultivate, oh, surely there's times when you have to recall the past. There's a lesson there to be learned and remembered. There's times when you have to set goals and create projects and plan the future. I don't want to overstate this. But to live moment to moment, to bring yourself back to the present moment, to rise above your thoughts and know that you're not the thinker. It's more accurate to say, I am the awareness of my thoughts and my feelings and my behavior. Because if we're our thoughts, then how do you know which side to take when your mind argues and says, yes, you should, no, you shouldn't, yeah, but I better, no, you better not. We're arguing all the time, silently in our heads. How do you know which one to choose, which side to take? They're both you. So the solution is to be in the moment, to breathe, relax. You gain an elevated perspective when you do that. You look down on the situation. You look at those thoughts like a multiple choice exam and say, a, B, C, D, all of the above, none of the above, <laughs> permutations, combinations, variations. And most people are stuck with either or. And I've got a whole chapter in my book on the problem with dualistic, bifurcated, binary thinking, either or, right or wrong, all or nothing, good or bad, yes or no, you're either with me or against me. 
and it's crippling. It's, it, it destroys intelligence, mental and emotional intelligence are shattered. And the more stressed we are, the more anxious and nervous, and whether it's real panic or the tiniest little bit of nervous apprehension, the more likely we are to suffer what brain researchers call the amygdala hijack. And that's where this limbic brain, the amygdala, in the middle of the ancient limbic lizard brain at the, the base of your skull, hijacks the higher brain functions. And we completely shut down on creativity and insight and understanding in favor of reflexive nature behavior. So we're like the person that swats the mosquito before they realize, uh-oh, it was a wasp, and now, <laughs> now I'm in real trouble. I just really hurt <laughs> myself. <laughs> you know, that kind of reflexive behavior uh, is what keeps us in animal mode, and if we're going to rise to our human potential, we have to substitute even-tempered, well-reasoned responses for those reflexive reactions. And that's stress management and the skill set that Linda referred to. Happiness is a function of and contentment and fulfillment and meaning and purpose. All of these come from becoming more conscious and more self-aware. That's the bottom line. Great response, great motivation, great insight. Thank you so much. Very appreciated. This is The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and Linda Hollander as co-host. Just ahead, Michael gives us his best advice for you. And Jim Sweeney delivers his knockout TKO tip of the week. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Is it true that a majority of new businesses fail? Check this out. In order to have a successful growing business, there are some vital points that you must know. You must have worked them out thoroughly. They must be synchronized with each other and all employees, consultants, and companies that you depend on must know these items and be in agreement with them if your new business is to meet with a high percentage of success. Get it free. The Vision Map, Beat the Odds for Business Success at TonyDURSO.com slash vision. Learn how to establish your vision, purpose, long-term objective, and master plan, including strategic and tactical planning. Get the Vision Map, Beat the Odds for Business Success at TonyDURSO.com slash vision, V-I-S-I-O-N. Get the Revenue Chap mobile app for your Android or iPhone. It's free. Download from your cell phone or smart device at TonyDURSO.com slash mobile. The Dream Business community wants to help you with your career and business. Are you ready for accelerated success? Check it out. The Dream Business community 
at Tony, D-U-R-S-O dot com slash community. You're listening to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDURSO.com. Now, back to The Spotlight. All right, we're back here with Tony D'Urso on The Spotlight and the wealthy bag lady, Linda Hollander, joining me as co-host. Today's show is with legendary radio personality, Michael Benner, who soon gives up his best advice. And then Jim Sweeney gives us a great TKO tip of the week. Just ahead in one moment. And now, back to the chat. Well, Mike, uh, you know, Michael, this is so fascinating. And I'm sure uh, our listeners want to know, what are you currently working on? Well, uh, trying to finish the book. You know, writing a book is one thing. Finishing it, it turns out, at least for, <laughs> at least for me, is much more difficult. I, I wake up and I think of five things I need to get in the book. And I rewrite, and I rewrite, and edit, and add and edit more and then I wonder, gosh, am I just, you know, unconsciously putting off finishing for fear of success or fear of failure. That's an interesting topic too. The way fear of success is really the flip side of fear of failure. You know, not much difference really. And um so that's one thing I'm doing. I, I still do uh, private counseling. I do seminars. I do uh, retreat leadership. I just moved from Los Angeles to the Palm Springs area, and we're just setting up out here. There's a lot of conventions and retreats in this area. Um, not so many in the summertime, but the rest of the year. And so uh, I'm currently networking with uh, – the business leaders out here uh, to do more of that. But uh, that's basically it. Again, I do individual training and counseling on the telephone or Skype all over the world, largely as a result of the podcasts. I get a lot of interest as a result of uh, the podcasts I've been doing. I have almost 400 audio podcasts online. Uh, under the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. My business is personal development strategies, but it's a function of this larger project called the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. And that's my website, and that's the name of my podcast. So all of that keeps me pretty busy, and I just love it. I just, so it's, and everything that I care about is rolled up in in helping people, I don't want to say overcome fear, because it's not accurate. It's putting it down. It's letting it go. Stop dragging it around wherever you go. People talk about emotional baggage. Guess what's in those bags, folks? (laughs) (laughs) Too much. That's what's in all of our hurt and all of our heartache, all of our confusion and irritation and frustration is based in fear. Whether we call it anxiety or confusion or nervous apprehension, you can, there's lots of names for it. 
consternation and trepidation. Men like to say, well, I'm not afraid. I have my concerns, of course, but I'm not afraid. Yeah, you're afraid. Come on. (laughs) but, But here's the lesson. Here's the bottom line. Fear is not about danger. It's not about pain. It's not about suffering. It's not about death. It's not about danger. Fear is always your brain's request for more information, more insight and understanding. Fear is an indication, and all of these negative feelings that are supported by it, of a need to understand yourself better. Because of all the things we don't understand, it's our unique individuality that sits right smack dab in the middle of what I don't understand. And the irony is most people spend their lives looking outside of themselves for the solutions. And what an irony. The solution is know thyself. Good points, Michael. Good points. And unfair, yes, if we know what's going to happen next, then I think the fear kind of diminishes. So that's an interesting way of looking at it in terms of fear is really just needing more information, wanting to know more. Very interesting point. I am going to think more about that. Yeah. And and again, remember, the mind will... See, the mind's job basically is to help you survive in a jungle. And it hasn't adapted to the fact that we're increasingly civilized we're not in the kind of danger we've been in for the last three million years and in spite of what you may think from watching television news we're all pretty safe so the mind's casting about what do i do what do i do it's got to find excuses for this pre-existing fear so (laughs) <laughs> the anxiety, the nervousness, uh, the worry, and the doubt is pre-existing. And then we unconsciously or semi-consciously look for reasons to justify it rather than facing the contradiction that you can feel safe even if the mind says, here's where it gets a little crazy, If you feel safe, if you allow yourself to relax and feel safe, you'll be putting yourself in danger. You need to be frightened all the time to be on guard and careful so the danger doesn't get you. The mind is lying to you and telling you that your fears and stresses and anxieties are a way of protecting yourself. And it's a lie. Your mind is lying to you. You say, how can my mind lie to me? It's hardwired. It's a survival thing. It's beyond reason. We do a lot of things that aren't reasonable. I mean, I'm not even going to begin to name something. (laughs) I know what you mean. You know, it's very, very profound what you're saying. And I just want to say, I was going to ask you a question. I'm not now. I was going to ask you for... What's the best advice you could give to the Spotlight audience? And it sounds like you're giving such great pearls and such great advice. I don't need to ask that question because I think you've already answered. You're answering it right here. Well, I, I can sum it up for you in a nutshell. 
an epiphany I had about 30 years ago, sitting quietly, staring out a window, not thinking of anything in particular. I was earth shook, earth shaken. What's the word? Earth shook. <laughs> trying to invent a word. Um, the earth moved under my feet. Uh, my top of my brain blew open. And I had this epiphany, this voice uh, said to me, Michael, the best parts of you are hidden where you're most afraid to look. Wow. Wow. So, oh my Lord, is that true? And then I repeated it to myself to be sure I'd never forget it like you ever could, right? And I thought, the best parts of me are hidden where I'm most afraid to look. Well, then I have to go looking for what I'm afraid of. I have to search for everything that makes me even a little bit nervous. And if in my mind I come to a fork in the road, like Robert Frost, I always have to take the path least traveled, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the scariest way, look behind every rock and around every corner and carry with me the illumination that I need to see further down the path. And that was decades ago, and it's led me on a, a quest, an adventure that I feel will last an eternity. How will I, I mean, there is no end to, Socrates talks about this, about uh, the wise woman and the wise man is the person who knows there's always more to learn. I mean, we all hate know-it-alls. We have contempt for know-it-alls. So why would you ever think you could know it all? And what a dangerous, ridiculous goal to know it all. Instead, the wise person is the one who emphasizes what he or she does not know and looks for more knowledge and more understanding and more wisdom from the inside out, starting with yourself. Don't judge other people. They're not you. You have your own DNA and your own fingerprints. Know thyself with introspection, contemplation, facing your own anxiety. Look deep into your own heartache. Face it. Get vulnerable. Take the risk. I'm here to tell you the game is rigged. It's a scary walk, but you're always rewarded with these beautiful explosions of contentment and insight and understanding. And the the game is rigged. If you go to nature and look for something ugly and imperfect, you'll be hard-pressed to find anything that is beautiful and perfect in nature. Mm -hmm. So who are we to remove ourselves from the nature of things and say, yeah, but I'm inadequate. I'm not good enough. I know because my parents kept telling me I was a bad little boy and that bully in school and then that girl rejected me. She never would go out with me. And so you begin to build a case for your failure. And if those are the seeds you plant, guess what you're going to harvest? Evidence that you're a failure. Evidence of mediocrity, evidence that you're almost where you need to be, but not quite there. Because your mind 
is generating a life that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. The mind says, mediocrity, is that what you want? We can do that. (laughs) (laughs) So true. You want to go just to the edge of success, but never quite there? We can give you that. You want to be a complete failure in life and, and sabotage all your relationships? Hey, buddy, no problem. We can manage that. We can create that. So why would we talk to ourselves that way? See? Wow. wow. Very deep. Very cool. Thank you so much for the best advice. It, it this, this bears listening to again and again, everyone. There's just so much in there. I love it. I could comment on this for quite some time. What, what about you, Linda? Wow. Well, what you're talking about is something called the life script. Uh, and, you know, like you said, you know, what you've been told, uh, is, it really makes a whole script for your life. And it, you know, makes you be mediocre and ordinary. And, you know, I will be offended if anybody listening to this show goes for mediocrity because, you know what, you are on what we call the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners to the show would want to go on that hero's journey with you, Michael. So can you share your contact information and how people can get a hold of you? Thank you. I'd be happy to. And of course, let me add very briefly, part of the hero's journey is the appearance of failure just before you get the big reward. Uh, and if you look at the, all the classic storylines, the hero, just before he or she is about to accomplish their dream, they have some sort of crisis or failure. So this it's been called the dark night of the soul, is something we should anticipate and account for, knowing that there will be these delusions, these periods where it appears, you know, always darkest before the dawn, that kind of stuff. Do not be dissuaded by the appearance of failure. It just means you're really on the edge of, it's the final test, right? And you're right on the edge of getting your greatest success. And then like the shampoo bottle, when you get it, it's lather, rinse, and repeat. You just set it <laughs> all in and, and do it all again. So look for my book. Thank you, Linda. Fearless Intelligence should be out later this year. The subtitle is The Extraordinary Wisdom of awareness and my website is theagelesswisdom.com and if you put my initials in front of it with the at sign you can email me I answer all my email personally mb like Michael Benner just the initials mb at theagelesswisdom.com Well, thank you so much, Michael. It's such an honor to chat with you. I just love it. And I can't wait for your book. Would you please reach out to me when your book is near release? Because I would love to have you back on the spotlight and talk more about that. Well, thank you. It's a very kind invitation. And I like nothing better. And Linda, if I can ever support you and your associates in any way, please let me know. Absolutely. I mean... After listening to this interview, I have goosebumps. (laughs) It was just so profound and just so life-changing. I'm going to look at things differently from now on. Wonderful. Well, that makes my day. Thank you very much to both of you. 
Well, cool, cool, cool. This is legendary radio personality, Michael Benner, who just shared it all. Great career. Thank you so much. Just love it. And right before we go, it's time for our TKO tip of the week. This week's TKO tip is presented by Jim Sweeney. He's the creator of the trademarked Mike cartoon sports character. Jim crafted his digital innovation to become the first universal animated brand in sports. Enjoying an incredible start in digital media, he published 40 Mike sports comic books and penned over 900 blogs. Here it is. Hello, Spotlight audience. This is Jim Sweeney, creator of the Mike Cartoon Sports Character, with today's TKO Tip of the Week. And here it is. Surround yourself with a few good advisors. Not yes men, not friends or colleagues who affirm everything you say and do, but with mature, seasoned advisors who will give you direct, impartial, and honest feedback. Once again, this is Jim Sweeney. Thanks for listening to The Spotlight with Tony D., that's a great piece of advice. Surround yourself with a few good advisors, not yes men, who give you good feedback. I like that. I mean, we all need that, don't we? And I mean, for me, I have friends and fans that love pretty much everything I say or do. But sometimes I like really good, unadulterated, honest advice. A lot of what we talked about even on today's show. And it's that kind of advice that pushes me to be better and better. And to our Spotlight audience, I hope you enjoy our TKO Tips of the Week and that they help you with your career or business. Let me know if you like these or if there's anything else you would like spotlighted. And again, such a great, great interview with legendary radio personality Michael Benner. It was awesome. And Linda, I just want to thank you so much for being such a great host. This is Linda Hollander, the wealthy bag lady. You can see her info and bio and so forth on our show notes. Such a pleasure to have you on with us. And I hope we can uh, chat again with you sometime on the Spotlight. I'd love it. Thank you. Well, great. And to our Spotlight audience, thanks again. It's our honor to have you listen. All right. Keep your focus on success and we'll see you next on the Spotlight. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and his special VIP co-host. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, enjoy the weekend.